Hello guys, and here we are with part two of episode one of the birth episode of the Nemesis Project. I am Joe Doves, and I am with Zach. Hello. And uh, what is this podcast about? Pretty much it's about all the Resident Evils, and we just talk about it because we are fans of this franchise. That's and, right. And we love to do this crap, so... Um, just like last episode, we're going to kind of break it down into like four sections. Uh, I like to do like these funny titles. Um, so let's get into the first part. Before I start, actually, Zach, how are you feeling today? Feeling pretty good. Pretty good. I know that you were streaming Resident Evil 3 Nemesis and, uh, it was pretty good. What I like about Zach's streams is that he doesn't just go, like, with Sony. It's just like, hey, Dreamcast, hey, Saturn, and all that stuff. So, <laughs> I respect the retroness into your Resident Evil games. Oh, yeah, I mix it all up. Yeah, me, I, I'm building up that retro collection hopefully soon. I do have the N64 with Resident Evil 2, but... Um, Zach is going to be playing the N64 version, and, and I'm going to be playing the um, the Sony, uh, PlayStation 1 so that we can have footage for this. But right now, we're just recording it. And uh, we know Resident Evil 2 is like the back of our hand and shit. So let's get into it. So the first section I have is, sorry about that, in Kendo voice. <laughs> Ooh, sorry about that, babe. Hey, sorry about that, babe, to Claire. Yeah, which is sexist as fuck. <laughs> well, what's funny, uh, side note uh, about Resident Evil 2 Remake is, like, there's such an opposite. Like, Kendo in Resident Evil 2 1998 is so, like, comedy. And then in Resident Evil 2 Remake, uh, he's very serious, like... There's a scene, I won't spoil it, but there's a scene where you're just like, that's Kendo? That's sorry about that, babe? <laughs> it's yeah, it's actually a pretty emotional part of the story when they run into him. Mm -hmm. I mean, I respect it. They kind of made it a little serious, but there was times in the game... Well, we'll talk about that next time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right now, we're into the 1998 Resident Evil 2. Um, yeah, so pretty much we're going to be talking about... Resident Evil 2 and again we're going to talk about the history what happened before they started making it and you know what was our favorite weapons what was our favorite journal entries what type of versions were there and bonus modes unlockables we're going to go through everything here on the Nemesis Project so the first thing I want to get into is Resident Evil 1.5 now, what's funny is they did have Leon S. Kennedy, and they had Ada Wong, they had William Birkin, but they didn't have Claire. They had Elsa Walker. Um, who was she? Like, w w do they even mention her through the lore or anything? No, it, her character pretty much got scrapped when that version of the game got scrapped. Mm-hmm. And what what I liked about the difference about Resident Evil 1.5, and if anybody is like, what is 1.5? It was kind of like the early development of Resident Evil 2, kind of like the alpha of it, I guess. They were kind of. I, mean, I think it was pr 
uh, seventy percent done when they scrapped it, something like that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I I know the Shin- Shingi uh, Mikami. I I always mess up on the Japanese name. I remember seeing an interview with him, and he was just like, it was so boring. Like everything was boring about this, so they just scrapped everything. And uh, what's funny is that they had a different police station in Resident Evil 1.5. It was more modern than the one that we got in 1998, uh, mm-hmm. which was really interesting because what do you prefer? Do you prefer the 1998 uh, museum looking <laughs> police station or did you like what 1.5 was trying to do to make it a little more modern? Well, I think I'm going to prefer what came out just because that's what I'm used to mm-hmm. and, and like. Like, that front hall and everything is, like, iconic. Like, that whole police station's iconic. It's pretty much as iconic as the mansion is at this point. Mm-hmm. And, um, but the, I like the look of the modern police station and everything in 1.5 from, like, everything that's come out in, like, the last few years. It looks really interesting. Mm-hmm. I heard um, they wanted to use less polygons so that they could throw a lot of zombies on the screen. And what do you think of that? You think that would have hurt the game if they did that, or the nineteen? I mean, obviously, we're always going to say nineteen ninety eight was you know perfect because it is a good game. But you mm-hmm. think if they like maybe lessened the graphics a little bit on the zombies, it would have been a little bit more challenging, I guess. With the it could have, it could have been. I think that depends on the balance they would have struck in the gameplay. Like if they would have given you ammo or more opportunities to find ammo to compensate for that, or something. It, it could that could have been pretty interesting too. I I don't know. I don't know what the build is like that everybody's been working on. I don't know if it stayed true to that idea or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I find it interesting that like the whole development team was just like it, it, this is boring we can't do this and um maybe it, it would have been boring but i kind of wish that maybe during all this time that we waited for the remake they would just release the 70 percent of 1.5 to us to see if we would have liked it or not because that would have <laughs> been that would have been interesting if like they were wrong and for some reason 1.5 is better than 1998 what would you I'd think say, about that? I, well, I'd say within enough time, maybe another year, a couple years or something, we'll have a complete version of the game because there's fans working on it and building on it as we speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. I don't think everybody in the team thought it was boring because if I understood this right, I think uh, Shinji Mikami became like the producer after the first game. Yeah. And then somebody else on the original team stepped up to the director plate, and then that's what they were working on. And then he came along checking on him again after a while, and he didn't really like it. And I think that's when he started deferring to like other people to ask them opinions about it. And one of the really interesting ones I didn't know about was he got a hold of the guy uh, who, I can't remember this guy's name right now, but he worked. He was a writer for a uh, Heyman writer, and I think the Super Sentai series, the Power Rangers in Japan. Mm-hmm. And he, he asked him about ideas for the story and stuff, and he's like, "Well, there's not enough connections to the original game story." Uh, 
And that's when they came up with the idea of, well, we need to scrap Elsa and put Claire in instead because she's related to Chris. And I think that's when they got Hideki Kamiya, too, to be the director instead, the, uh, who now works on, like, he's in Platinum Studios, and he did Devil May Cry, and he works on Bayonetta now. Yeah. And to be fair, like, Elsa Walker, her getup, I don't know if that was, like, a prototype or something just to put something on her, but it looked stupid as hell. Like, I guess maybe if she was riding a motorcycle, a sport, <laughs> a sports motorcycle, that would make sense, I guess. Yeah, she was. Uh, that's like one of those uh, crotch rocket suits you're supposed to wear if you want to ride one of those Moto super GP. high speed, yeah, sport bikes. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it's weird, and it, it's also interesting to remake. Uh, Claire could be in Elsa Walker's uh, getup, which is interesting. I like that costume. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a it's a great nod to one point five. I kind of wish, like, <laughs> in the remake, they kind of like, hey. If you get like a perfect or an S rank on this uh, hardcore thing, <laughs> you get 1.5. That would have been fucking cool. But uh, oh yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, uh, kind of differences with 1.5 uh, with Elsa Walker. You had John is a, a one of Elsa's supporting characters. Uh, he's a civilian who seeks refuge in the police station. Possibly locked himself in the cell to protect himself from zombies, like Ben, the reporter. Yeah. Um, he later became Robert Kendo in the final version of Biohazard 2. Uh, and then he had Roy, another uh, RPD officer role, scenario unknown, but it was assumed that his role was similar to uh, Marvin, judging from available footage, it seems. Somehow, con connections with John. So I guess he, Roy and John would, would be... Uh, I guess working together, and then then Elsa would come in from uh, the outside, and then obviously you have Sherry Birkin who's getting chased by William Birkin throughout the game, and then uh, Leon, you had Marvin and Ada Wong. Uh, I guess Marvin had a bigger role in 1.5 compared to what happened in 1998. So, yeah, I think I think Kendo did too, actually, because like I saw you were saying that there were different characters, and I, I think what happened is I. They changed their mind about a couple of those, and they stuck Kendo in. And I remember reading somewhere Kendo was supposed to have a pretty big role too. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting. Um, it's a mess, is what it is. <laughs> yeah. I kind of wish they did release it to the public, but again, maybe they just don't want to expose the business. <laughs> That's a wrestling term, everybody. <laughs> Japan's really weird about. Uh, stuff like this especially video game companies in japan they're mm. they're always they'll be real they used to be super secretive about stuff like if uh like they wouldn't put anybody in the credits in their games it would always be like made up names or nicknames or something supposedly it was like a measure to prevent head hunting from rival companies or whatever mm -hmm. they just they always do weird stuff like that yeah yeah, so that's pretty much about 1.5 that I could I digged up that it was kind of interesting. We could go like literally on like two hour rant of what was different and um, all the stuff. But is there any like history that you have with Resident Evil 2 uh, before it was made? I should say. Um. No, I think I pretty much covered everything I I could think of to bring up that was interesting. I mean, then back when this was going on, I wasn't aware of 
you know, any of the video game publications or anything. So <coughs> something I followed back when it was happening. I had no idea. Uh, so all this is like stuff I learned way after the fact. 1.5, I mean, did they try to release it on any other system? Or was it just plainly Sony? Um, I think it was just strictly Sony for a while there. And then once they switched to the two that we know, that's when they started working on a Saturn port around that time. And then it got scrapped. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sorry, I got like a scratchy throat. It's kind of hot in my room. Maybe I have the G virus. Maybe I'm, or the T virus, I should say. <laughs> Since the T virus is apparently stronger. Um, yeah, so let's move on. Uh, kind of quick here, voice acting. Was it better than Resident Evil 1? I, I would say slightly a little bit better uh, compared to <laughs> what Resident Evil 1 had. There were some very campy moments, uh, very, very noticeable in the end where, like, Leon, uh, Claire, and Sherry are on the train and, like, it's like, I forgot what it was when they Claire, uh, when they Claired, uh, <laughs> when they, <laughs> when they, uh, what is that word I'm looking for? Where they gave the antivirus to, uh, Sherry. Uh, anti-G, we just call that, and all of a sudden they, they give it to Sherry and she wakes up and is like, you're alive, yay! <laughs> it was just an awkward scene. <laughs> yeah, there was a couple of lines like that. I think one of my favorites is like when um, if you play Leon A, Claire B, and she fights the Mr. X tyrant at the end, she gets the rocket launcher instead of Leon, and when she go to shoot him, each one of them says a line. They have a one-liner. Leon says, game over. And he just blasts him. It's mm -hmm. awesome. Warning. Warning. The self-destruct system has been activated. Each train compartment will detonate sequentially. Repeat. Each oh, train no! Come on, we have to get out of here. Run! 
to take out Umbrella. Warning. Warning. The self-destruct system has been activated. Each train compartment will detonate sequentially. Repeat. Each what? Right here. Leon! You're both safe. Just die. We've got to get out of here. Move it! Go! <sighs> that was a close one. That was pretty impressive back there, Sherry. It was nothing. I saw someone do that on TV once. Come on. We've got to move out. Now what's the problem? Is something following us? Hey, we still have a job to do. Let's go. Go? Oh, you can't mean... Chris, I have to find you.
player goes like, you lose, big guy. And it's like, bam. <laughs> <laughs> it's like awesome. It's like really cheesy. Yeah. And <laughs> it's always been campy that way. And uh, man, I, I don't know why I'm blanking right now, but th there's many scenes where you're just like, huh, this seems really good. Um, when they were talking with Ben, I like Leon's little one-liners, like especially when Ada like runs away from him. He's like, "Why is nobody listening to me?" <laughs> yeah, it's a very Seinfeld moment <laughs> when he does that. So, like, he's... what's up? Oh, I was just gonna say, yeah, he's he's got a couple whiny lines. Like, he's like, "Nobody's ever listening to me." I think I think he does that when Claire cuts him off too at some point. Mm -hmm. And. Yeah, like, I don't know, a lot of people, it's interesting, though, because when, like, the remake came out for this, a lot of people were, like, you had people complaining about the new voice acting, which is totally fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It was a happy medium with them uh, being a little bit campy, but also very serious at some times. But, yeah. But, again, that's that's the remake, and we'll talk about that in the future. Um, but, man... It, it takes a really long time in, in this franchise for them to have somewhat uh, good voice acting. And I'll say I'll say this at this point. This is when I think they really started to hire like actual voice actor people. Mm -hmm. um, so I think Allison Court, the woman that plays Claire, uh, she'd been on like a lot of cartoons and stuff up to that point. So she at least had experience. Yeah. Any of these other people, though, I have no idea. I don't think I've ever I ever heard of any of them. No, I think they just they got people off the street again. <laughs> and they're just like, yeah. hey, here's a microphone. Uh, I know you're English and you're in Japan right now, but I need you to say these lines. And <laughs> there you go. Game over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I don't know anything else to say besides uh, there wasn't really anything weird there was no like Inez kind of thing in the live action um you just said the Claire uh voice actor was in cartoons uh yeah nothing nothing major just kind of uh, kind of want to point out that it's still cheesy and then here's a montage of some cheesy moments and you'll see that you'll hear that and you'll see that in YouTube <laughs> so uh Let's move on to some uh, the second section where we get a little meteor. That's not even a word. I just made it up, I think. Meteor. I don't know. I'm bad with words today. I apologize. <laughs> it's the beauty of the English language. It's uh, malleable. You can, <laughs> can bend it however you need to. Mm -hmm. No, don't go. <laughs> uh, the second section is sorry about your party, Leon. That's kind of a little hint about marvin where, he, where he's sitting on the floor and he's yeah. like he's like sorry about your party everything's fucked up there's a zombie apocalypse happening so uh i think he says it looks like your party's been canceled yeah <laughs> i'd say so and then leon's just like good boy cop he's like we need to get you a hospital we <laughs> That's how I always like saw Leon back in the '90s. So he was like, "Oh my god, gotta, I gotta be a good boy." But uh, he, he he got more badass in Resident Evil Four. I will say that. Um, let's get into different versions of Resident Evil Two. Um, it's not like Resident Evil One, 
where we had a, re a remake that in GameCube because we had to wait, what, 22 years for uh, a remake to happen? We had to wait. Uh, well, they announced it, I think, in 2016. Mm-hmm. So we waited, like, 18 years. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. So, like... Resident Evil 2 had a lot of different releases. They, they had it on the PlayStation 1. Uh, then they had it on the N64. Did they have it on the Dreamcast? Yeah, there's a version on Dreamcast. It's a really good one. So you had Dreamcast. I'm trying to think of uh, those. PC? GameCube. PC. Yeah, PC Ga and GameCube. And uh, the... Uh, oh hell, the the tiger handheld thing. It has one too. Oh my god, I forgot about that. The GameCom has one. Yeah, and uh, kind of a little side note, Resident Evil Gaiden had Leon S. Kennedy in it, right? Correct. It also had him and Barry. They were like uh, both in it. Wow. Which is weird. Yeah. Why couldn't they have that in like a real game? <laughs> Even though I know like Gaiden is a game, but like put that shit on like a AAA title on sony or gamecube or whatever it would have been a lot more interesting if it was uh very 3d and good looking i i think i kind of would dig the story a little bit uh if i remember correctly gaiden was on a ship yeah it's on like a cruise liner it's kind of it's weird because if you play uh resident evil revelations it takes place on a cruise liner it's like kind of a weird rehash of that story in a way Mm. Oh, and uh, I know I kind of messed up on the first part. I kind of skipped something, so I'll move it to this section. What was new compared to Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 1? Uh, really not that much. <laughs> like, everything's still... I think the game feels better in terms of, like, your character's movement. I huh. think it's because they did a better job on the animations and everything. Um, but all the core mechanics are still the same. The only things they did, they, that changed were like little minor things. Like, uh, both characters have eight item spaces now by default. Mm -hmm. Um, there's no difference in character's health. Uh, Claire can take the same damage as Leon, so it's not a sexist game anymore. <laughs> uh, and like... The add-ons, the add-ons on the gun, like. <sighs> oh yeah, they had all the gun attachments and things like that. Yeah. I'm trying to think, um, what... they had the same graphics. They still had like the, I guess, static image or something. Yeah, they still used the pre-rendered backdrops, but they were of higher quality. Everything was higher quality. Mm -hmm. I will say, the pace of Resident Evil Two was way better than Resident Evil One. Because I. I... Yeah, I can agree with that, sure. Because I think Resident Evil 1, like, you had your high moment in the mansion, and then, like, when it hit down to uh, the part where you're doing, like, the plant stuff in Resident Evil 1, I feel like it slowed down a little bit. In Resident Evil 2, you're always dealing with 
uh, well, darling, you know, Birkin, by the time I noticed something was wrong, uh, showing the up entire time, city was in infested with zombies. And you also had Mr. X. I mean, he's not as bad as in the remake where you always have to worry about him, but you never but knew don't you worry, where he would pop You'll up. Be safe in here. Like in Resident Evil 2 Remake, I'm you hear the footsteps. Close eye on in things. Resident Evil 2 1998, though, he just appears. He just bashes through the fucking wall like Kool-Aid man and you're just like oh god and then, then <laughs> oh yeah but what was cool about the 1998 version is that when he winds up for a punch you had time to dodge him in Resident Evil 2 Remake you're just like oh, I gotta like go under his clothesline like John Cena before doing the five knuckle shuffle kind of thing <laughs> yeah so that was like interesting because you were always on your toes and I felt like the bosses were a little more thought out than Resident Evil 1 because Resident Evil 1 they're like, what are we going to have in there? Oh yeah, big snake. I mean, even though in Resident Evil 2 they had the crocodile. Big alligator. <laughs> yeah. But they, like, they kind of threw in a You had more reoccurring bosses, whereas the first game did not have that, other than, I guess, if you want to count the tyrant coming back at the end. Mm -hmm. Unless you messed up your ending and you got a bad ending. Yeah, and then, like, the enemies, I guess, kind of were the same. Like, in Resident Evil 1, um, the dangerous ones, I think, are the hunters, because the hunters are just like, oh, fuck, like, two swipes, I'm dead. And then Resident Evil 2, you had the Lickers. I guess they were kind of like the same as the Hunters a little bit. Um, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, yeah, with like the Hunters, it's like if you were in caution, you just turned a corner, you could get one shot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Lickers do a little less damage to them, I think, but they have that one move where they'll leap through the air and, and like, claw you. They'll slash you with their big claws. That one always did like a ton of damage. Well, you had the super liquor, super liquors that were kind of like a darker color and stuff, and they were yeah. they were more um, dangerous, especially Nadirian. Funny moment, actually, during one of the charity streams I did, I was doing Resident Evil 2, 1998 before uh, the remake came out. It was during the midnight, and I got to a part literally the last part before you fight uh, William Birkin at the end. And I put myself into a corner where a super liquor would drop down. I had no bullets and I had no uh, healing items, so it's not like I could take a couple of hits and go buy him. So every time <laughs> I every time I walked forward, I died. So I had to I had to go. I didn't save for a while. Like I didn't save pretty much until I entered the sewer, <laughs> and I had to redo all that shit again. Ouch. Because I was like, oh, I'm doing pretty good. And that hurt me. <laughs> um, what else was different? Well, this is where they introduced the what they call the zapping system, which is a really weird way to put it. Uh, where the characters have scenarios, and you can play them in either order. You can flip them. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because like the way it's like, it was marketed as like, oh, it changes everything. Like decisions you make in Leon's game affect Claire's game very seriously. And it's really like, there's just a couple things. It's like what uh, hall you repair the metal shutters on that, that cover the windows, the broken windows. Mm -hmm. And then there's like, 
oh, do you take the submachine gun or do you take the hip pouch? That's it. It's just those two things. <laughs> I mean, that was pretty big back in the day. And I think, when did um, Metal Gear Solid 1 come out? Was that 97? 98. Oh, damn. 98 was Same a good year. year. 98 was a big year in gaming. So, I guess maybe they caught air. I, I don't know. I'm, I didn't research this part because Metal Gear Solid. But, like, when Metal Gear Solid came out and they had that, you know, Psycho Mantis scene where it was kind of like, oh, shit, this is really meta. Um, Resident Evil 2 doing that stuff with the pouch and the, the submachine gun, <laughs> I guess is somewhat meta because it's like, yeah, I did that before. How does it? How does? How does the system know that? You know what I mean? Like technology. Yeah. Technology back in the '90s was pretty straightforward. You picked up a controller. You did stuff with the character, but they never really got too meta with games until I guess '98 when Resident Evil 2 and uh, Metal Gear Solid came out. So I, I kind of digged it. I mean, it's, it was cool, yeah. It's just, uh, I don't know, people blew it up to be way bigger than what it was for some... Like, back then, no. But, like, after the fact, people look back at it and act like it was a really... It's a really big deal. It's kind of not, actually. <laughs> Pretty much. I, yeah. I, th I think it would have been cool if certain scenes, like, if you kill the boss, like, you saw, like, a... Like, for example... Let's say part of the the boss's body, uh, any bosses, like you blew off their leg, like yeah. it, it'd be pretty cool. Like in the later scene, in another scenario, you see that leg is missing because Leon did it. I think that would have been pretty cool if they did more things like that. Oh yeah, sure. But like, uh, I mean, I, I guess I didn't really mention too though is like there some of the cutscenes and stuff change too depending on how you play. Like mm -hmm. what, what version you play, like who, who's playing A or B. Um, so that, that's something else as well. I mean, it does add some replay value to the game. It's like, it's kind of a, both games kind of have their own pluses in terms of that. Like in Resident Evil 1, there's multiple endings for each character. And it, it kind of, depending on how good or bad you do or what you do, it's, some things you would do in the game, you wouldn't even think are bad. It's just, you didn't think about it and ends up becoming a bad ending. Well, um, the one thing oh, the one thing I didn't like is that, and I I didn't really care about this when it first came out because I was like, cool, this is a zombie apocalypse game. You know, there, I could play it multiple times with a, with a, a male and a female. But like now, when I look at it, I'm like, well, why didn't they change some stuff up? Like. When that truck came and split them up, it would have been cool if, like, Claire came from a different entrance. Like, not even the police station. Like, it would have been cool if, like, she had to go through the city and then eventually make it to the police station, but from a different entrance uh, compared to Leon, where Leon actually goes through the front door. And, like, that would have been interesting and it would have been great detail. But, like, even in both games, like, Radio 2 this one and the remake they kind of go hey they all go through the same entrance and they go through all the same uh cutscenes. i mean i guess well, it, they, it would be more work i guess well they don't go through the same entrance um when you whoever's b they they go through the backside on in the 98 game 
uh, like oh, up true. that staircase and everything. Yeah, that's true. And and yeah, and like uh, oh, I think they do the same kind of thing actually in remake. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. So, <laughs> but I don't know. Even like with the storytelling, like it would be cool if they like, hey, yeah, I kind of. You just missed your friend Leon. He just, you know, left like a five minutes ago or like an hour ago. But like, yeah. but they kind of just go like, oh, we're having the same dialogue like from the Leon section. And I'm just like, in a way that's kind of lazy, but I guess I understand because that's just going to be more work, I guess. I think the best way to really put this, this part of the uh, segment here is it doesn't do much different from the first game, but it refines pretty much everything that it did. <clears throat> Very true. Um, oh, and they kind of add bonus modes. and Well, they did have unlockables in Resident Evil 1 Remake, but uh, the bonus modes of the fourth survivor, Tofu and Hunk, I think were really cool. When I... When I um, finally unlocked it and keep in mind i didn't unlock this until 2007 <laughs> oh wow <laughs> yeah because i'm not that great at video games guys i when i play hard game like if i go into hard mode i literally will take a really long time and i'm more of a story driven uh video game player what are you gonna say well, I was going to say, unlocking Force Survivor on PS1 is, like, no joke. It's actually kind of hard. I know there's a lot of people out there that have done it, but, like, I don't think I'm bad at video games. I think I'm decent, but, like, depending on type of game, too, I think I'm pretty good. Mm -hmm. But that was something I always struggled with. I could never unlock it legitimately on PS1 because it's insane. You have to, like, you have to beat the game in two hours with both characters, not, not two hours apiece. Um, you can only save three times, I think. Mm -hmm. You can't. You can't use any first aid sprays. Uh, and that's it. You got to do it. To, you basically have to speed run and handicap yourself a little bit with uh, healing items, or you want a lot. You just won't do it. <laughs> yeah, and um, if you're really bad at the game, I guess you can get a game shark. <laughs> if anybody remembers that. If you're really bad at the game and you have a lot of money, what you do back in the day anyway, or you can do it now, what you do is you buy an N64 or a Dreamcast or a GameCube and buy the, their version of the game and it's all unlocked automatically with everything else. <laughs> yep. And in this day and age, you can pretty much get anything. But anyway, when you unlock these Fort Survivors uh, missions and stuff, um, it's kind of like a, pretty much what it says is a survivor missions where you go from point A to point B, but they throw everything in the kitchen sink at you. Um, Hunk uh, is an Umbrella uh, employee. They call him Grim Reaper, if I'm correct. Throughout the, that's, his, that's his nickname, yeah. Yeah, because he, he's one of the best uh, shooters and, I guess, survivors uh, within the team. And then you had tofu. Now you're probably wondering, what is tofu? Exactly what it is. It's tofu. With a, it's uh, a block of tofu with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> with the with the Jill Valentine hat on her, uh, the head. 
and my god tofu is fucking hard yep i i i'm just terrible at it that's why i like hunk more better um <clears throat> what is extreme battle by the way i never did extreme battle oh well that's something you just unlock from finishing the game a and b there's no special uh caveats to that uh extreme battle is just an extra mode where you can play as uh a few characters you can unlock a couple of other ones too like you start with leon and claire mm -hmm. and it's a three-part uh mini game where it's like you start at the labs and you have to like get to the uh tram thing to go back up you're, you're, you're actually playing the game in reverse in a way that's cool and it's like different objectives it's like in the first stage you get to the tram to go up into the sewers in the second stage, it's you go through the sewers looking for uh, bombs, and you have to get into the police station. In the third stage, is setting the bombs in the police station. Mm -hmm. So, and there's item pickups and stuff. So, it's really just like kind of an extended mini game. And like when you, I think when you beat it with Leon, you unlock Ada, and then when you beat it with Claire, you unlock Chris. And that's pretty cool to play as Chris in Resident Evil 2. Where he drops his uh, his weapons on the cliff. No, Chris doesn't screw anything up in this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, costumes. I will say, if I remember this correctly, where you don't use your weapon throughout the beginning of the, the level, or is that no. don't pick items? Yeah. You can't pick any items up until you get to the police station. And then you go down the tunnel where Brad Vickers is there. And mm -hmm. uh, when we get into part three, you'll know why Brad Vickers is there. But he's a zombie. And you, you kill him, and he has a key on him. A special key, I believe it's called. Yep. And you go to the the room where you develop the pictures and there's yeah, the a dark room yeah there's a locker there and you use the key and i remember leon you had the leather jacket and claire i forgot what was claire's what was hers claire had a a, a denim jacket and jeans and uh cowboy boots but the cool thing about hers i think she also was wearing a bandana the cool thing about hers was she hers came with an extra gun that only she could use Oh yeah, I forgot uh, it. You get the this the Colt single action army with her, and it's like it's a pre it's a good handgun. It does a little bit more damage than the other ones do. Mm -hmm. Any any other unlockables? Because that's the only thing I remember is Hunk and Tofu. I mean, if you had the Game Shark, you you could always have like unlimited ammo and uh, unlimited flamethrower, <laughs> and then you had like. Uh, god mode pretty much where you don't die <laughs> yeah i mean the only other little things i could mention is a little side note about tofu is uh, apparently the story went that uh tofu was the model they used to test hitbox uh data when they were developing the game really he was just he was a placeholder yeah and then somebody was like goofing off one day and they were just playing the game with tofu <laughs> and then I guess somebody was like, haha, that's funny. We should make that an extra mode. And then that's how it happened. That's awesome. <laughs> and then um, the only other thing I can mention uh, is the N64 has 
a unique unlockable in it. <laughs> oh. Which which is uh the item randomizer. And what that does is um it randomizes the location of every item in the game. Oh. So you'll never be able to remember where anything is theoretically. It'll always be in a different spot. And that's unlockable on the N64? Yeah. God, I have it. I have it right here. I got to set that up and play it. Yeah. I want to play it uh, with the randomizer on at some point. I've never done that, so. It'd be interesting, and you would have to have a lot of strategy. I know, like, uh, Link to the Past, they have, like, an item uh, randomizer kind of thing. And my friend Steve, like, you have to strategize, like, oh, you get this item <laughs> in, like, the very beginning stages. Like, oh, I finished the game. All I got to do is fight, fight the final boss and win. I was like, that's... That's pretty cool. If like you could do that, you get the final weapon or the final key, and then you know you could just skip to the end. Yeah, but, that's pretty neat. Yeah. So, moving on. Uh, I almost said Andy. Uh, Zach. Don't uh, insult me like that. Because <laughs> I always do a podcast with Andy, so I'm used to saying Andy this, Andy that. Uh, Zach. What are your favorite, I guess, either side story that happens in there or what, like, journal that you, or diary that you found in there, or a file, I should say, too, in Resident Evil 2 that you were just like, huh, that was good or that was funny? I guess side story uh, would be uh, Fourth Survivor, because technically that's a side story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, that's what happens. Hunk escapes the sewers and gets out of there. It's just cool. Well, except Tofu, I, that was, I guess, the only thing added. Unless there was, like, G-Virus that went on a piece of Tofu and he became self-aware. <laughs> yeah. Um, as for, like, the journals and stuff, the diaries you pick up, all the notes, uh, I kind of felt like in this game they were a little more boring compared to the first one. Yeah, because I think they wanted to put more focus on the story that you're saying instead of reading. Because... The first one has that that cool kind of creepy quality about it where like a lot of the journals and notes and stuff are really like firsthand accounts. Mm -hmm. They're they're literally like journals and and personal notes of people that worked in the uh the labs and stuff in that area. Um whereas this one it's like a lot of dry police report stuff and like notes and just like notes of people that work in the freaking sewer or something like that. Mm -hmm. So Really, by default, the best note goes to when you find Chief Irons' diary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's just, and you find out he's like this insane fuck mm -hmm. who has like a, he has a damn dungeon behind his office. <laughs> and <laughs> he talks about how much he enjoys shooting people in the back and shit. It's, it's like insane. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Chief Irons. What a freak. <laughs> I guess my side story that I like was Ada Wong because when I first met her I was like yeah she's showing she's a little suspicious but I kind of want to know more and gotta keep in mind Resident Evil 2 was the first Resident Evil game I played before I went back to 1 where you find out there was a letter of John um, talking to Ada in that, yeah. in that letter uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. I did not like Sherry at all. Oh. 
<laughs> she's kind of weird in that game, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Sherry and, like, Resident Evil 2 Remake, I dig more than what 1998 was. I was like, you're annoying little kid. I hope William Birkin finds you. <laughs> she, she comes off more natural in the remake. Like, it's actually believable that that's, like, a, a kid. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the original, like, it's obviously an adult trying to play a kid. And the way, like, they're pronouncing words and everything... It's like that that funny joke, like why do white people have to pronounce every syllable of every word perfectly? <laughs> it's like that that's Sherry. literally that's literally how she's like delivering all her lines. It's really like not natural. Mm-hmm. And I guess my favorite diary because that's what it says. It should be journal because a boy wrote in it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was the '90s, everybody. Boys did journals, girls did diaries. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Uh, you find Leon finds Chris' diary on his desk, and uh, you know the whole in the beginning is Claire's like, "I need to find my brother Chris," and like <laughs> Leon go, goes into the star's office, uh, and then sees this diary and pretty much says, well, "You know, well, I'm I'm in Europe now," <laughs> and you're like, "Oh." And, and I remember us having this conversation. I was like, well, why didn't Chris tell, you know, his family that he's going to Europe? Maybe you should have said that so Claire wouldn't get in this danger of finding you in Raccoon City. <laughs> yeah. Where, where eventually they nuked the fucking city because there's a fucking outbreak happen. And I feel he's like... He, he's really lucky that she's resourceful. <laughs> like, and what's funny is, like, I know I keep we keep on bleeding into the remake because we have to like compare things a little bit. But did they show in Resident Evil 2 1998 that she's like I could do things on my own. I'm a strong independent woman. Did they not, co- not really no. That that was never there wasn't even like a throwaway line like that. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not trying to bring up any SJW stuff, but like in no. <laughs> in the remake it's kind of like they had the force sound like, I know what I'm doing. Don't talk to me, Marvin. You man. <laughs> like, that's how it came off to me. And I'm like, okay, Claire, I get it. You're, you're, you're a Redfield. Redfield know their shit. <laughs> and, well, and, and I dig that. The way it came off to me was like, they set it up better. It's like, okay, she came into town with her own gun, so it's obvious she knows how to defend herself. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, then she has that line with Marvin. It's like, I can take care of myself. It was more like, oh, like, don't worry. I know. I I think I can shoot. I think I'll be okay, maybe. (laughs) We'll go into deep discussion. I think with the the three of us, when we all talk down, and I have a special person that we're going to be having on that uh, portion of Resident Evil 2 uh, remake episode, is... We're going to get into that because there's a difference in Marvin's tone when he's talking to Claire compared to Leon, and it's really interesting. Uh, but I'll save that for the epi- that episode. But yeah, I just found it funny that like Leon finds this thing, and it, I, I think if I remember correctly, Claire comes in and he's like, I found out about your brother, and he has, like... You do you remember like in <laughs> the Resident Evil 2 graphics? It doesn't even look like they're holding the fucking thing. It's like super glued to their hands. Yeah, it's like oh, it's holding it out because their hands are flat. And it's like the book is just stuck to their palm. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like... So he like hands her the thing, and 
I get think that she read it because <laughs> you would think yeah. you would think like she would open it right away, but like, oh, this is Chris's. Let me see what's going on. Ignores it. Uh, you just well, I guess have to, I guess you have to think that she reads it later or something. Well, I think what happens is like well, when you're playing as Leon, and that happens. Yeah, she just kind of like it cuts away or she looks away from it. But when you play as Claire, that's actually how she obtains the file. Mm-hmm. She walks in and sees Leon. And he's like, Hey, it looks like your brother's not here. And <laughs> then he hands it to her. Then it goes immediately into where you can read the file. Yeah. So, so I they did kind of do that. <laughs> I guess. Well, I guess when you're playing from Leon's perspective, it's kind of like weird, but I guess this he- is it's video game logic. She's like, Oh, you just automatically scanned your eyeballs and read it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that's my favorite one. I mean, the other ones are kind of bland. They're like, that's just how you you mix the chemicals to, to defeat Plant Forty Three. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And <laughs> they they kind of do that throughout the whole, whole game. Like, you want to know how to beat this puzzle? Here, here's some vague words. <laughs> Try to figure it out. I'm like, oh, okay. You made me waste time reading this fucking hint bullshit. And. uh and it's pretty funny, like, they'd be like, you need to put this statue to this statue, and, like, a thing comes out of the chest. I'm like, oh, all right, thank you for that plug. <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of the the last uh, part of this section, do you have any personal stories about Resident Evil 2? Uh, when you first played it or something, or even, like, later, uh, fairly recent when you played Resident Evil 2? <clears throat> Um, not from recently, no, but, like, I, I got this game Christmas, actually, uh, uh-huh. and it was a great Christmas present, I'll say that, because uh, the same thing happened when I played the first one, it, I, I was, like, glued to the freaking TV, and I, I had to keep playing it, uh, but there is, yeah, there's one story I can remember, which was, like, um, man, I think I was in high school, I think I was, like, in the ninth grade and I got sick and I went home and you know what you do when you're sick and you go home from school you you sit there and you watch freaking Price is Right and you drink (laughs) 7-Up that's what you do Yeah. (laughs) but me I was like this is this is bullshit I'm gonna play Resident Evil 2 (laughs) and I I told myself I'm gonna unlock Honk today I'm gonna do it Mm -hmm. so I started to save a game with Leon and I, I was intent to just because you have to do it in two hours. It's like, well, I bet I can do it in two hours. And I think I did not save at all. Oh, I was no. just running through the game and I was doing awesome. And then I got to the Birkin fight where um, he turns into like the big toothy dog like version of him. Mm-hmm. It's like near the end of the labs and he fucking killed me. And I got so mad. <laughs> and I was just like, I think I threw the controller and I was just like, fuck. And I just turned it off and went back to watching TV. <laughs> back to Price is Right. Yep. I got so mad. And I, I never tried it again uh, for like several years after that. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's very like, people don't understand that gaming was stressful. Like it was fun, obviously, because it's video games. But it was really stressful uh, compared to now. Like I, I feel like now games like hold your hand if it's not dark souls or something like that or bloodborne it just like hey you want to get this thing here let me hold your hand and bring you here oh there's there's like a million checkpoints that's cool you don't have to get any uh ribbons for uh saving here you can just 
press the start button and save whenever you want to, man. I feel like that's how gaming is today. Compared At to... Least, yeah. At least Remake 2 kind of didn't do that that much. It, a lot of people apparently have problems playing this game, and they have problems with the zombies. It's it's really amusing to me. Oh, come on. Like... <laughs> I guess we'll talk about it, but like... All you gotta do is, like, if you don't want to deal with them, shoot them in the fucking legs and have them do that way, like... Well, they just, they, they think you can just shoot them and they'll they'll die, and it's like, no. it's You have to think a little bit in this game. I like that. I like that they brought that back instead of... Oh, I'm gonna go on a side tangent really, really quickly. <laughs> it's like... Because I know speedrunners, like, they count how many fucking bullets kill, like, each enemy. And be like, one, two, three, four that's a zombie he goes down like in resident Evil 2 remake everything is inconsistent and i like that i, I like that too yeah because it brings the fear in everything it's like all right um i'm going back in this area i hope there's no zombies here and then i was like oh my god the fat zombie's back so that's why i kind of shoot everybody in the legs because even if they are back I could just go around them, and it's easier. I mean, you might have that one be like, I got you, bitch, <laughs> because <laughs> they have, like, amazing range and everything. Um, but people need to stop complaining. Like, st stop holding hands and shit and just fucking play the game. Back hey, they, have, they have assisted mode if you need help. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to be a pussy, put that mode on. And and that's a that's coming from a person that is not is pretty much average at video games. Like I'll play normal mode all the way through. Um, my personal story, kind of two of them, and they're really quick. Um, okay. One, the personal story is this was my first Resident Evil game. I remember my Sega Genesis died on me. And oh. pretty much, um, we sold all my games, all 35 Sega Genesis games, um, mm. to Funko Land, if anybody remembers Funko Land. And they, and they still did the same thing like GameStop, where they fucking gave you like $5 for like 35 games. And I remember my dad getting really pissed because he's like, I spent over like $200 buying everything and shit it's like why am i uh why, why am i getting five dollars um but anyway i was sad because i didn't have my uh super nintendo either i did a, a dumb i always done a dumb thing is like when i wanted to get a new system i pretty much sold the old system and i kind of wish i didn't because i had a really big collection in super nintendo and sega genesis uh I mean, obviously the Genesis died on me, but whatever. Uh, so, I the whole time I just went over to my friend's house and I played with their uh, Genesis and Super Nintendo. And then that's when the PlayStation came out. And I remember my friend getting it in 98 and he was playing Metal Gear Solid. And I was like, holy shit, Metal Gear Solid is fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. And and uh i remember i think it was summertime 
where I came home from school one day and hooked up to the TV was a play PlayStation. And I was fucking psyched. And I thought Metal Gear Solid was there. <laughs> but uh, my dad picked out the game and it was Resident Evil 2. And I was like, what the fuck is Resident Evil? Because I, di I didn't play Resident Evil 1. So I was like, it has zombies in it. It has, it has a guy in it. Because I was that person and be like, I don't want to play a woman. <laughs> I don't want to be a girl. <laughs> I want to be a man. And I remember I was like, oh, Leon looked pretty cool. And I, I liked his Matilda gun uh, that he had. Um, and then when I played it, I just fucking fell in love with it. And that, that was like love at first sight, <laughs> pretty much. I think Here we are today. Yes. Uh, like I said, my two favorite franchises are Metal Gear and Resident Evil. And they kind of define the uh, PlayStation, pretty much. The, yeah. uh, the other personal story is I remember it was my brother's birthday uh i think he was like five years old and he, he had his friends over and i was playing resume too i was trying to get hunk and tofu and uh i didn't do any saves i was being bold as fuck i was like i'm gonna be the best gamer ever no fucking saves uh just fucking speed running it i was like being the uh a hipster speedrunner. <laughs> and you know when people are running around you know past your console you're like i hope they don't trip on it and take it and <laughs> pull the power out of the socket you got the plug pulled on you didn't you i was on the, the boss one more shot i had the rocket launcher in my <laughs> hand all of a sudden <laughs> All of a sudden, my brother's friend goes across, trips over my console, power goes out on the console. Oh my god. I fucking flipped. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go play Fallout 1. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went on my computer. And I remember going on Net Zero. If anybody remembers the Net Zero CDs <laughs> that you would get. Uh, it would be like a trial thing, and you would just put in your computer, and that's how you get on the internet <laughs> through your modem. And I would just go on message boards and look up more Resident Evil 2 stuff and play Fallout 1 on there because Fallout 1 is amazing. Um, but yeah, those are my two personal stories. <laughs> Ouch. Sad story. Yep. And it also happened in Metal Gear Solid. Uh, where I was trying trying to it was Metal Gear Solid 3 and I was playing European uh, hard mode European Extreme yeah European Extreme and I remember not saving right away because I'm an idiot and the same thing happened and I was like fuck this people <laughs> people fuck it. I'm, I'm gonna put the console all the way up in the ceiling <laughs> um, but anyway Let's move on to the next sec section. And I see I did a typo there because I wrote, you won, take me G-Virus. I said, it's supposed to say, you won't take my G-Virus. And that's supposed to be a nod to like Birkin when uh, Umbrella's like, you need to give us the virus now. And he's like, no, nah, this is my work. I ain't doing shit. Nope. <laughs> but this section is where we pretty much name off our favorite 
things in Resident Evil 2. So I'm going to shoot it to you. Who do you prefer to play as in Resident Evil 2? Claire. Why? Because of the grenade launcher? and Because she's Bay. Very, uh, <laughs> very straightforward. No, well, um, I, don't, I always liked her character. For a girl, I thought she was fucking cool, like back in the day. Mm-hmm. Actually. And, um, you know, when I played this game, I was like, it's the first time I was in sixth grade. So that's just about when you start getting interested in girls anyway. <laughs> so she was, it, but she was a crush. <laughs> uh, yeah, she was one of my first vid game crushes, I think, actually. Mine but, was um, Laura or Lara or whatever, how you fucking say it. Lara, Lara Croft's was a lot of people's. Mm-hmm. But, um, no, I also liked her because she was Chris's sister. So I was like, oh, that's cool. That's a direct connection to the game. Like. Back then, I didn't come up with my brilliant theory about how Chris is a retard <laughs> and, and ruins everything. Back then, I liked... I still like Chris, actually. I'm just being... I'm, I'm joking. But, but still, He's still a retard. Yeah, he, he that's a direct connection to the game. I like Chris's character in the first game, so automatically, I like her better than the other character. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mine is Leon, obviously, because of my personal story. I was like, I want to be a man. <laughs> so, and I, I I dig the Matilda handgun. I don't know, it has like that James Bond feel feel that weapon. So I was like, oh look, Leon has like a James Bond gun, for some strange reason. It's a similar like style gun, but I think in real life it's actually quite a bit bigger than that one. Mm-hmm. It, all these are based on real guns. But it's really weird because like. <sighs> I guess in the 90s they had the revolvers still before they switched over to the 9mm. Um, so seeing him have like a different gun probably compared to the whole force was a little weird. I was like, oh, he, he's a special officer, huh? He has to have his own gun. I'd say it depends on uh, location for that. But I guess really... What the implication was is if you remember in the opening cutscene, like the the CGI cutscene, mm-hmm. you know they get in the car and everything, and somehow Leon knows check the glove box and there's a gun in there for Claire and that's how she gets her handgun. Mm-hmm. And so like that's their standard issue handgun, I guess. Leon has a totally different one. Yeah, because he has to be a special good boy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I guess what I liked about him, he dealt with Mr. X more if I was correct, right? It depends on how you play. Because, like, if you pl- whoever plays A, they fight Birkin. And whoever plays B, they fight Mr. X. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I liked him, and obviously I do... My bay is Ada Wong. So, me playing as Ada was pretty interesting, and, you know, learning about the lore of her and John, and be like, oh, you, you're actually a fucking umbrella employee or you know umbrella rogue person that's trying to get the g virus uh from annette i thought that was interesting and because annette knew ada i was like oh that's shit is happening and i don't know what's happening and it's it's cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> so a little intrigue there mm-hmm. so that's why i like it and i also like that you get the flamethrower with leon uh yeah claire gets the spark shot mm-hmm. yeah which is not great in the original game 
Um, I'll say this though, I, I like Leon's loadout better than Claire's in the original game. Mm-hmm. I wish. Wait, do do does Leon get the submachine gun? He can if you want to take it. Oh yeah, that's right. That's the 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 fucking amazing feature. <laughs> <laughs> the the brilliant feature that got blown way out of proportion. <laughs> Revolutionary. Like yeah, what, the what the thing I always did was is I would give Leon the side pack because of how his loadout is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's gun ammo, gun ammo, gun ammo. Uh, whereas Claire has she's got a handgun, some ammo. She has a bow gun that's kind of shitty, <laughs> and that grenade launcher with three different kinds of ammo for it. So, yeah, she's one of her guns is a little lacking. So you give her the submachine gun, and it, it kind of makes up for it. Mm-hmm. I will say she did have uh, pretty cool guns, and I I wanted Leon to have the grenade launcher, but... Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite boss? Oh, um... I guess the... Well, there's two, I guess. I guess I have to cheat a little bit. It's kind of for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the alligator boss. Okay. Just just because of how cool it is. It's like, you could just kill it brute force, I think, and be stupid and waste a bunch of ammo. Mm-hmm. But the game obviously tells you how to kill it. <laughs> and, like, this, they changed it in the remake, but whatever. But in this one, you could either kill it brute force or, like, See, oh, what's that green uh, button light that just came on? You go over there and push, and this this flammable cylinder pops out of the wall, and it eats it. And then you shoot it, and it just explodes. His head explodes. I always thought that was awesome, because I, I like gratuitous violence and gore like that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when uh, that happened, and I was like, okay, so he eats this thing. What do I do? And I, the first time I did it, I did nothing. <laughs> okay. And I was like, I'm an idiot. I have to shoot that thing. And then obviously I did. Because I, the whole time, the first time I tried to brute force it, where I just like wasted all my inventory. Second time is when I hit the button and then it got the cylinder, and I'm like, oh, what am I supposed to do? And I did nothing. And then the third time I'm like, oh, I shoot the cylinder. And boom. <laughs> His head explodes. But what was your second uh, boss? that you wanted to or uh, you liked yeah after that it's when Mr. X uh, it's the last time you fight him when he I guess he goes to his full tyrant form mm-hmm. yeah that was kind of like a nod to like uh, the first one because Mr. X when he gets into his final form uh, in both this one and remake is like very like the one from Resident Evil 1 except a little shorter compared to the first one yeah, he's a he's a little bit shorter. Those those are supposed to be there's like a little story behind that where Mr. X it's come to find out that's just something his name was never really Mr. X officially. That's just something that the fandom called him. And I think where it really came from was probably one of those old strategy guides from back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know how if you bought any of them you, and you can remember this, you know that some of these strategy guides would make up things and like like fill in blanks in terms of like names or something or whatever and i think that was a case of that i believe it got called mr x in a strategy guide 
I remember reading, I don't know if it was from a strategy guide or from like a message boards back in the day. Um, there was like a conspiracy going around that there was armor under his trench coat or some type of gold <laughs> under, <laughs> under his trench, trench coat. And I was like, I always tried to like get a closer look of Mr. X to see if there was gold <laughs> under his trench coat like an idiot. <laughs> He has a gold breastplate underneath his trench coat. Yeah. Well, you remember when Bret Hart, when he was in WCW, where he had the, the vest on and when he got... Goldberg. The, yeah, Goldberg he, speared him and he had like a metal plate. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I, that, that's what I thought always when I was fighting. I'm like, yeah, you know, my bullets ain't doing shit to him. He must have gold under there. Yeah. <laughs> that was an idiot. But, uh, but, but yeah, like... Come to find out, the whole deal with the tyrants, the Mister X's, is that's like a mass-produced type, apparently. Mm-hmm. And there, there's actually a cutscene that shows this. There's a helicopter flying around the police station, and it drops one off from like a a pod that's holding like uh, a few other ones in it. Mm-hmm. So it's like I guess it's a slightly weaker model tyrant. It's like one that they I guess toned down a little bit. <laughs> I always thought that he was like the beta not like a beta male but like the beta <laughs> version <laughs> of nemesis he's the soy version of nemesis but like at the same time as like well both resident evil 2 and resident evil 3 happen at the same time so that would not make any sense at all the way from what i learned it was there are two separate projects uh they had a project where they wanted to mass produce a tyrant that you could give it basic orders and it would follow them. And that's basically what happened. Uh, and then the nemesis was like a whole other one. And for some reason they just said, fuck it. Let's do both experiments in the same city. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very interesting. So my favorite bosses, um, mine was the alligator, but I'm going to choose something different. Um, okay. I'm going to cheat a little bit, too. Uh, the third form of Birkin was interesting. That's the one, I think, where you fight him on the uh, the cable car section. The little ele- the elevator thing. Yeah. Like, I-, I thought that was an interesting fight because I'm like, I'm on a small fucking platform fighting this big-ass fucking Birkin. Like, That's a good boss fight, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had to give a shout-out to the to the surprising moth boss kind of god i remember going in that room because i was like oh my god i just fought these fucking plants and they're weird as fuck like little shopahara uh plants attacking me and, and then i go in this room and there's like this huge ass moth i just <laughs> i just the resident evil franchise is weird when it comes to like enemies it's like oh this virus spilled out into the city so like when rats ate the the virus you got liquors uh i guess hunters are frogs am i correct on that one i think so yeah and then (laughs) you had your super sharks and the resident Evil (laughs) one um and then resident Evil zero is when they go fucking nuts it's like you want a scorpion fuck yeah scorpion huge <laughs> you want monkeys guess what infected monkeys and i'm like those monkeys are fucking bullshit i hate those things yeah i try to fucking run away from them 
<laughs> um, but anyway, the moth. I think I have to give a shout out because when I first played, I was like, <laughs> I need to get to that computer, but this moth is in the way, and he, <laughs> and he's annoying as fuck. Sounds really lame when you put it that way. Yeah. But, it, like, you would think, like, a couple of shots would take this moth down or maybe, like, smack it to the wall very hard <laughs> and you'd, like, kill it. No. Like, I remember fighting that thing and it took a lot more ammo than I uh, thought it would. It and... takes more ammo than what you would think, but it's really weird, though, because, like, when I beat the game recently, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, oh, shit, it's the moth. And then, like, I don't... I was playing as Leon, and I think I had the Magnum or something. I took the Magnum out, and I shot him, like... Two times. Know, two times, and it died, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, because... <laughs> that I, was really anticlimactic. Yeah, because I had the Matilda with, like, the custom uh, stock and everything, and I was, like, doing burst shots, and I'm like, why ain't it fucking dying? I'm like, I don't remember it being this hard before, because I played it recently. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh my god!" This I'm, I'm I'm like almost dying to, <laughs> to a fucking moth. You know what's really funny about that is uh, I just want to say this because you're like I want to send a, a shout out to the moth is uh, that uh, when everybody found out that the moth got cut from the remake, there was of course like a group of people who were like, "How could they cut that sub boss from the game?" And it was like, "Settle down, you can kill that moth in two shots depending on what gun you're using." Calling it a sub boss is a bit of a stretch. <laughs> yeah, and it's in one room, and there's no fanfare. There's no cutscene where it's like, and it shows you the new monster boss. It's just kind of hanging out there, and then you're like, oh shit, I guess I should kill that. So you do, mm -hmm. and then you just go about your business. <laughs> yeah, and another shout out too. Um, it's kind of to the remake. Are, were you sad that there was no huge ass spiders? Not really. I was. Kinda... I would have. I would have liked to have seen them, but I, I wasn't sad about it. I I was a little bit because I was like, oh man, I'm going into the sewer. I'm gonna be fighting big ass spiders. This is gonna look fucking creepy, and I'm gonna itch myself because I hate spiders. And then you don't see them. I was like, oh no. But I didn't in get. My, in my opinion, I think they replaced them with something worse, like scarier. <laughs> oh, with the Birkin. No, those, I think they're called mature G's. I think that's the official name of them. Oh, those the weird blobby things that have like the arm and oh, the snot monsters. Yeah, I call them poop monsters. Yeah, when they come, when they come out of the sewer, uh, like especially when you get to the the door where you have to get the 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 queen and the king plug, and you just see yeah. them plop out of the sewer like a piece of poop. Yep. <laughs> so I see where you get that from. <laughs> Um, here's a question. What is your favorite part of the game? Rhythm okay. 2. Um, honestly, it's probably just running through the police station. Uh, in terms of segment, like, I guess, if you're talking about, uh, out front, out in the city in the start, police station, the sewer lab. Police station. Mm -hmm. I think police station is good. I, I think I really started liking the part where you're getting into the laboratory section. Because yeah. it starts getting weird because that's when the little Shopahara plant monsters start coming. And 
that great shot of that platform where you have that middle platform and then each east, west, and north uh, part of the lavatory. Yeah. That's when you start going, oh, shit's about to go down. And then that's when William Birkin kind of goes like on different forms and tries to harass you in a way, uh, especially when it comes down to a countdown. So that's, oh, yeah. that's my favorite part. What is your favorite weapons? Oh, um, like the Desert Eagle. Mm-hmm. Um, grenade launcher is better in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, all three rounds are different and actually different in this one. Uh, I also like the fully upgraded shotgun. That's fun to use. Yes. And I I pretty much have the same thing. I like the grenade launcher. I will say something different. The submachine gun I thought was pretty cool. I thought... I, I, I'm going to sound lame. I like the sound of it. Like, oh, no, it's a great gun sound. It's like... And then, it's really weird, though, because it's like... That gun makes a way bigger sound than I think what it would in real life. It's also bigger in the game than I think it actually is in real life. And I like how your character is, like, frozen, but you could, like, move left or right, and, and it's kind of, like, rotating your body when you're shooting the gun, because your character kind of braces, like, they think the submachine gun is, like, some powerful 50 cal when you're shooting a thing. When you think of a submachine gun, you think of, like, P90, I guess. MP5, something like that. Yeah, where it's, like, da 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 Like, Claire, both Claire and Leon, like brace themselves like they're gonna fall over by using this thing well the sound it makes makes you think that too true very true <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i like i like the grenade launcher i thought the deagle was good just the the custom parts in this game were just fucking amazing we like the matilda with the stock uh yep. the shotgun thing just everything was cool yeah uh, when you fully upgrade the shotgun and the magnum it's like fucking awesome because like i liked when you fully upgrade the magnum it has so much recoil it blows leon back mm -hmm. like it's like oh shit and then like the shotgun kind of does the same thing but i really like about the shotgun though is if you shoot zombies with it like just kind of hip aim it it blows them in half literally <laughs> <laughs> it's just always great there's really good dismemberment effects in this game <laughs> and, and the flamethrower was okay but i always went through it really quickly because I was like, ah, oh, plants, and I just put, like, 50% of the fuel in them because I hate plants. Flamethrowers in the early games were always kind of underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's because you had to put, like, fuel and shit, and when you tap the trigger, like, 25% of it's gone already. <laughs> it's not like the remake where you, like, do the burst fires and shit and, like, do, like, 5%. Like, t -t 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 -t, like spraying like a Windex bottle. Resident Evil Seven had a really good flamethrower too. Mm-hmm. That was a good one too. Um, the next question: What is your best rank in Resident Evil Two? Oh man, I think I got an A a couple times. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's as good as it got for me because, like, I don't. I tried to speed run it, I suppose, because in the PS1 version you had to to unlock Hunk, but they were never successful attempts. So, I never got an S. I mean, 
I think I got one S, but it took a really long time. I've always gotten A's uh, because I always tried to do less saves and stuff. But yeah, so I think my average would be like an A, and I, I did it for both Leon and Claire. So I, I guess A would be good. Uh, what was your time on beating the game? I've done it once where I did it an hour and 45 minutes. Damn, it's good. Yeah, I I technically can speed run the game, but it's really annoying. It's not, I, I just don't get enjoyment out of playing the game. Like, like. I, um, I did it because uh, I remember it was a sleepover and the mother was always strict about us going to bed early and stuff instead of you know being like children and playing video games until 7 a.m in the morning we went to bed at like <laughs> 9 and oh, and i remember being there and i was like we just started resident Evil 2 he's like well you got to finish it before nine <laughs> and i did <laughs> i was like god damn i gotta speed run through this shit <laughs> but uh yeah that was my best rank so, any any final uh, statements on Resident Evil Two before we move on to our final countdown? Um, seems to be that this game has largely been held up as the best entry, depending on who you ask. To a lot of people, it is. It's it's always been this one or 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 uh, or remake usually that's thrown up as this is the best in the whole series. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it still is to me, even after this recent remake came out, it's still very good. It still holds up. Yeah. Uh, so I think we'll move on since we're talking about, like... I mean, I I said what I pretty much had to say. Uh, Resident Evil 2 was kind of like my first Resident Evil, and I thought it had a really good pacing compared to Resident Evil 1. Uh, very good pacing, I, I would say, to every other Resident Evil game out there. Because all the other Resident Evil games that are out there, very weird with their pacing. Yeah. And Resident Evil 6 is an example <laughs> of oh, pacing God. where it's just fucking terrible. Um, <laughs> but let's let's get into our ranking. So since we're doing like 13 games of the Resident Evil franchise, uh, last episode or part one of episode one, you put Resident Evil 1 at 5, and I put Resident Evil 1 at 7. So where do you put Resident Evil 2 1998 at? Oh, man. Uh, I am going to put it at 2 for now. 2. Yep. Resident Evil 2 1998. Um... I will say, for me, Resident Evil 2 was in the 2 spot for me for a really, really long time. Now it's moving down to 3rd place. Oh. So, I will have it at number 3 for now. Again, this could change. Because I could replay a game that I haven't played in a really long time and could change my opinion yep because we still got survivor uh we still got you know honorable mentions of the outbreak games if we could somehow play that <laughs> uh 
revelations and stuff. So, I mean, I don't think that would go above the Golden Age of Resident Evil from 1, 2, 3 and Code Veronica. But, uh, yeah. Third place for me, two place for you. That's it. Yeah. I think that will conclude everything. Uh, I thought this was going to be a quick episode, but we had a lot to talk about it because this is one of our favorite Resident Evil 2, uh, Resident Evil 2 game, Resident Evil games. <laughs> yeah. Um, to, ca- uh, to catch uh, the Nemesis Project, uh, you can go on novnetwork.podbean.com. That's where we have the audio version. But if you want to see some visuals of us playing uh, the games and some, you know, funny moments of, like, uh, voice acting or uh, just special moments in the game, then go to on YouTube and type in Game Journal and just look at, look us up over there. And that's where we have uh, the Nemesis Project. But uh, this was part two of the birth episode of the Nemesis Project. Next episode, we are going to veer off a little bit uh, away from the birth episode. We're going to be talking about a Resident Evil 2 remake with a special guest. And he will join us, and we will have a spoiler cast. Since the game came out uh, in January, uh, it's been almost a month. So if you haven't beat the game yet, don't listen to that episode. But if you have, please come on by. We're going to... Full disclosure, spoiler everywhere. We're going to talk everything. We're not going to be like, you know, this was a great moment. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything. It will be spoiled. Like like spoiled milk. Get all the juicy bits. Yeah, you'll, you, you'll drink it and be like, oh, there's chunks in here. Exactly, because it's spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, after that, then we'll go back into Resident Evil 3. Which I think we will have a lot to talk about since I believe that that's one of our favorites. Um, I still really like it. Yeah, after finishing it. Mm-hmm. And you you beat it on Dreamcast. Mm-hmm. I will probably get it for the N sixty four and play it on there. Because you can't get Resident Evil three on N sixty four. It's not on the sixty four. Nope, does not exist. Wow, this must be like the Mandela effect. <laughs> I think it is. It's only for PS1, GameCube, Dreamcast. Oh, GameCube. I'll play it on GameCube. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> Might be kind of pricey. I think I have it somewhere in my uh, my garage. I do own oh, it. That, that would be advantageous if you could find it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we'll have that for you. And uh, until next time stars exactly later guys